We're on. We're on. The Quigleys are ready to go. This it just hold on, mate. We just got to send it. So, just hang on there, listeners. We're just sending a few texts. Have you shot yours off? I've shot mine off. I'm just telling Broads will be about five minutes or so before okay. we get him on air. Okay. Well, that's this is that's absolutely. I don't know what this says about us. We've got to that point, um, either within ourselves or within yep. the the culture or society that we live in that we're texting uh, on our phones mm. as we're going to air to record a podcast, which is mm. not even live. Yep. But we've got ourselves in a position where we're butted up against the clock because mm. we fart-assed around so much this morning before we got started. Yeah, we did. Well, there's a lot of gossip. Uh, there was T-Bird updates I had to uh, fill you in on. Yes. And, um, you know, I had to fill you in with a few athlete uh, check-ins I had and, um, you know, brag. Yeah, you know how competent <laughs> I am as a coach, yes. and uh, I didn't show you the bad ones that are not going so well. Yeah, of course, we'll cut those and say, yeah. "Well, they didn't follow the plan." That's what everyone does. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Right? Okay, Rawdon, we've got a seminar special. A juicy. We're going to have Roderick Chavez, the evil genius mm-hmm. from Evil Genius Sports Performance, on the line very shortly. Line on the line from Delaware. Well, direct from Delaware, USA today. But, yes, uh, he will be uh, in transit on his way anytime. He will be in Sydney, live, for the live stream. stream in Sydney on Tuesday, seventeenth, the seventeenth. Yep. Tuesday March, the seventeenth, March, couple of weeks. Right, Tuesday the seventeenth of March. I think it's three weeks yet. Uh, three weeks yesterday, something like that. So by the time this goes out, it'll be two weeks, couple of weeks, two and a bit weeks. Right. Um, okay. So there's a website, events.teamevilgsp.com. Now, that website has got the information for Broads and you in Tasmania. Yep. For Broads and you for a sneaky one in Melbourne. Yep. Sneaky, Um, sneaky. Then the live stream in Sydney. So Mm. you've got a couple of options. If you're in Sydney, you can come to the live stream. Yep. And be part of the small guest audience that we're having. Mm. Tickets for that are $149 Australian. Oh, mate, bargain. If you want to be a part of the live stream and tune in to the, the four-hour broadcast yep. and then have access to the replay afterwards and the rest of it, you can get that for $99 US. Used. Uh, so events.teamevilgsp.com and follow the links to Sydney and then there'll be two options there for mm-hmm. a, a live attendance yep. or to tune in to the live stream. And I think live attendance will have, uh, I think we managed to drag Coops along. He'll be there with some Sabido fanciness as well i think he's going to have some giveaways and whatnot so we'll have a bit of a bit of fancy schmancy for those that come along plus obviously we'll be there you can uh, look at us <laughs> and enjoy our company of course the big fella broads will be there doing his thing doing his thing much and like uh, the tasmanian devil you know spinning around just yep. sort of bouncing off the walls and we'll yep. try and contain him as much as we can and keep him on track 
Now we're going to go through today a bit of pre-material, a bit of foreplay, uh, a, bit, a little bit of foreplay before get the big, the, um, big do before the big dance to get things underway. So mm. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. As always, we are offering a discount to our very loyal and mm. well-loved UTB listeners. Mm-hmm. You can put in UTB Sid twenty twenty. That's all capitals. So capital UTB SYD twenty twenty. Um, and that will get you your under the bar discount. Uh, so that's that. If you're listening, utilize that option. Why not? Um, so pretty much, Rawdon. I think that's all we, you and I, need to do now. Dotting eyes, crossing T's. Yep. Yep. And we'll we'll get broads on the line right now. Officially, right now. Yep. Anarchy. And chaos. <laughs> anarchy. Yeah, chaos. anarchy yeah. and chaos. Very good. That's cool. So we're recording at the moment. Oh, we are. Right. Okay. So I actually um, had that conversation. So someone tapped me on the shoulder today and an uh, older guy and he said, well, what's Evil Genius? And, uh, and I said, oh, I sort of spun around and, and he, did, he wasn't like a, an idiot. Like he, this guy was, um, you know, he was an older guy, sort of looked like he, he wasn't a bum in any way, shape or form. And he was uh, cruising through the city. He wasn't that bum that I've told you about. Yeah. Anyway, he... Um, he was, and I said, oh, it's a coach in the US. And he said, oh, you know where Evil Genius comes from? Uh, I said, well, no. And apparently it was uh, De- Descartes, the, the French philosopher or something. I Descartes. said, you'd, you'd probably know this. And I said, oh. Descartes, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you know all that already? And he goes, oh, Evil Genius means blah, blah, blah. And I went, oh, yeah, cool. I'll tell the guy. I said, I'm sure Brods knows all about that and there's probably method to the madness. You're well aware of that's where it all came from. Um, I actually wasn't, I'm not necessarily sure that that's where it came from, but I know that the moniker was associated with Rene Descartes um, and some of his craziness. (laughs) And he was legitimately crazy, by the way. Very Um, cool. I don't know if I've ever been officially diagnosed, but he was. Yeah, right. Well, this guy was a a graduate, he said something philosopher or something in philosophy. Right. So quite, it would be quite an interesting character. Now our live stream. This is exciting because we're, we we will have our little small group in the in the room, and then this is going to be beamed out. We've got a four hour uh, time frame. We're going to break it up. Mm. You'll know exactly what's because we have to stick to a live time mm. frame. We, it will force tight. us to be tight and stick to the mm. rundown. We would like to start where we always start, which is laying a foundation for what we will then apply to our practical applications yep. uh, as the meat and nuts of the day. But the, the the basic cellular biology, and Brod, you can expand on this. Rod and I were talking before the show, but um, to understand what's going on from the cell through to the organs and the systems and the human organism. Yep. Um, but how you like to operate from the philosophy of of finding ways to enhance the body's inherent systems mm. rather mm. than trying to fight it or go against it when utilizing these drugs and and can you explain a little bit about that and how you came to that thinking well i I don't know if i ever could put my finger on a moment like ah that's when i you know was enlightened um but so i don't really think there was like a moment of how i came to this but all something about inherently about the way i think something about the life path i've taken all things have kind of led me to this concept that you can force almost anything with enough money, effort, and brute force. You can drive almost any change or adaptation you want. However, 
just like people that diet find that over time their diet becomes less effective because the body takes measures to yep. deal with the stresses you're mm. imposing. Um, I have found that a much better, more efficient, less um, burdensome approach is to understand what the body's going to do, factor that into the equation, and do your best to, if not use that to your advantage, at the very least, use that to your least detriment. And therefore, you're always taking, if not the path of least resistance, the path of lowest momentary resistance. Mm. And therefore, you can accomplish more with less, and in this case, less is usually time, money, and drugs, mm. which are all very valuable commodities in, in some manner or another. Mm. Yeah, I mean, quite often the conversations that Brods and I have every week, Tommy, uh, well, well, let's just stop. Just just take a step back. Think about why the body would be doing that. And often you can sort of, ah, it's like a penny drop sort of mm. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I understand it now. But I think a good, uh, we were chatting yesterday, Brods, and a good example of this, I queried you on, because this is uh, this is relevant, because the, this uh, live stream is going to be about the 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 elephant in the room. And, uh, well, of course, we'll preface it with just educational purposes only and don't oh, listen yes. to what we're seeing. There'll be a raft of disclaimers, <laughs> don't you worry. Yeah, yeah well, we don't want anyone coming back and saying, hey, we, we, we did what you said and we're dead now. It's like, well, you know, we uh, told you it wasn't to be uh, actually followed. But it was the, the, the GH. And um, the question I had, Tommy, uh, was... You know, I don't often hear Brods talking about uh, because there's different variants of IGF-1, and we one of the growth factors that we we've had Brods on before, and it converts over time, and and there's a plethora of uh, wonderful uh, growth factors, and IGF-1 is one of those. And um, for anyone that's heard his, uh, and which he will cover again in detail at the live stream, so tune in. But the the difference between GH, uh, IGF-1 is a result of the conversion of GH. Yep. Again, the body, uh, I guess, creating the growth factors that it actually needs based on the environment. It surveys the, everything else. And you can unpack this in a second, Brods, compared to just taking straight IGF-1. Yeah. So do you want to just, uh, for our listeners, what we spoke about yesterday, how the GH sort of sets everything up and the IGF-1 doesn't, and that could be a, yeah. a, a difference between the two? Yeah, and that, that would be a very good example of what you're talking about is how the body has a certain script or playlist that it's going to do or or at least would do in nature. And jumping ahead to some point might seem efficient or time-saving mm. or you know, expeditious or something. Mm. But the reality is it literally – it's like opening a book to the middle, start reading, and assuming you know – Everything that took place before that, you might not. There might be a plot twist or two in there you missed. So that's a perfect example of it. The the, the short answer is IGF-1 is the resultant growth factor that literally does the growth. And it would seem, hey, that's a great place to start. I want to go right to the growth. Mm. It doesn't work that way, or at least not as efficiently because – the long, complicated mousetrap series of events that go from injecting growth hormone or you know, if you happen to do it the hard way, make your own, and the release of growth hormone into the bloodstream. There's this very, very complicated Rube Goldberg mousetrap series of events that growth hormone stimulates this hormone, and then there's a release of insulin and glucagon and lipase, and then there's 
communication with cell nuclei and there's myonuclear donation and upregulation and stem cell activation. And all these things happen while the body is acknowledging the presence of growth hormone and then the liver is converting it over into the necessary growth factors. So by the time there's this magical IGF-1, all of that complicated stage has been set so that the actual act and set of that play can play out. Mm. If you don't have the stage set, you're just an idiot standing alone in a field. If you have the stage set, you're actually performing Macbeth. They're radically different things. <laughs> and that's the, that's the gig. And I, I really relate to that really well because there's many a days where in my mind I've been performing Macbeth, but then when I come out of the fog, I realize that I'm just an idiot in my underwear talking to my dog. So <laughs> I, I get it. It's a real thing. Talking to Moak or, or, or Festus. And the other point that you made, which I thought was particularly valid also, you thought, um, although this is yet to be, I guess, clearly uh, seen in the research, but also the the uh, I guess the modification of the IGF one. So it's on paper. Wow, this is a fantastic long acting IGF one. It's going to stay in the system, stimulate, attach the receptor, hunky dory. But Broads, you thought that there was something a little uh, sinister under the hood with the that actual modification of IGF one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do, and and I'm not the only person to think that. Um, but I've come to that conclusion independently, and later found out that other experts have also expressed a similar uh, belief that IGF-1 in its native, you know, biologically GH. native format yep. seems to have a very very strong affinity for the receptor and a very very strong communication with the nucleus. It appears to me as derivations are given to give that a longer acting you know, window, a longer half-life or active life, mm. like the DES, like, you know, or even more so with the LR3. And there was even at one point, an even longer acting version. It seems as that lifespan is protracted, the actual milligram to milligram efficacy seems to go down. It looks like some little modification in this case, the LR3 is the action ac addition of, I stumbled with this yesterday, and I yeah. didn't look it up. It's a, I think it's a leucine that's added at that position that slows down the, the metabolism of it. I'm of the belief that that additional leucine somehow adds an architectural change that makes the binding less effective. Interesting. And that binding and uh, affinity and constant, I dare say that will be a few topics that we your ears pricked up oh. over there, Tom, that we'll cover on the live stream. But uh, yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, I think as uh, coaches and trainers, we talk about things coming in and out of the cell mm. and, and these well, we're experts. cellular interactions, mm. but we don't really understand what's going on. So, Broads, we would like to, in that first section, just have an understanding of cellular interactions with some of the key hormones that will be applicable later in the day. And, and the receptors and communication, yep. that was good. And, and I think yeah, and we... That's, I think would would really i actually said something to the effect of this on one of my question and answer videos um you know somebody said like what what should i read or what should i watch to get up to speed and i i literally my answer was i think far more embarrassingly simple than they anticipated but i would literally suggest somebody just grabs like the idiot guide to biology mm -hmm. like the, the you know that series of yep. like really childlike almost cartoon-like books yep. but literally that will tell you like 
basic cell structure, cell membrane, the little bits and pieces, the, the nuclei, the, you know, uh, for instance, something we'll talk about ad nauseum is the GLUT4 translocator that gets carbohydrates and amino acids in and out of the cell. Just knowing what those things are, what they look like, where they exist you know, geographically in relation to the other things really starts to elucidate what the fuck's actually going on. And uh, you know, to, to what Tommy said, you know, so many of us know, like, oh, yeah, testosterone increases protein synthesis. What the fuck does that really mean? Where is it really happening? What are the players that are really getting together to play that tune? That's what most people don't know, and it's important. It's mm, it's yeah. fucking relevant. Under the hood stuff. Tommy. Under the hood stuff. So we'll, that's where Hoodwink. we'll start, and we'll cover that, and we'll look at a few key hormones. Another thing that we'll do in this little intro section will be the general adaptation syndrome. Yeah, really up, relevant. I'm actually reading. Uh, I'm reading the stress the, the stress of life at the moment. So I'll be uh, yeah. ready on the day. You'll be uh, ready to engage in conversation. Yeah. Quite, quite literally, probably the most valuable book you own now. Look, it is very interesting, um, particularly the way in which he came to the conclusions that he did. That's why. That's that to me is always, and this is a little off topic to this conversation, but you're know, talking about like how I got to where I got. This is one of those things. Like you read that book today. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. But now stop and realize none of the existing material was there. He had those thoughts in a vacuum. Mm. He was the first asshole to put those thoughts together <laughs> in the way that we now accept as normal and, and regular. That is amazing. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he had to uh, he had to do some pretty horrible things to a lot of rats over a fair amount of time to come to the conclusions that he did, but uh, <laughs> that was what comprised the vacuum. Mm. Yeah, so, a so general, we're going to have that. Yep. General adaptation syndrome. Then we need to have a look at the family tree. Yep. Can you give us, a, what, a five to ten minute version of the, the tree? Just Man, I to... think you could do it in a couple of minutes, Brods. So let's knock this out of the park and then we'll, uh, yeah, go into yeah. what else we're going to unpack. So... Family tree. Um, sure. The preface I will give to this is one, this is incredibly boiled down and simplistic. And two, like anything that that's, that's being made this simplistic, there are huge swaths associated with this I'm about to ignore. So know that in advance. Mm -hmm, yeah. Then I can go with what we're going with. Uh, I don't for a minute believe that I created this or that I am you know, in possession of this this is my material, but I think I might be the first person to present it in this way. And that is testosterone and even the precursors and postcursors can be thought of in the same way that a family tree or a family uh, you know, History, heritage yep. type thing is kept. In this conversation, we'll begin with testosterone. But the reality is the real family tree begins with saturated fat and then goes to cholesterol and then pregnenolone and a whole bunch of other things. But in this case, we'll pick it up with the most recent patriarch of the family, testosterone. So a whole bunch of complicated shit happens and you wind up with testosterone. Whether those complicated shit was you ate bacon and your body did some clever stuff <laughs> or you swung by you know, Walgreens and bought a bottle. You, you've got testosterone now. It's in your bloodstream. Okay. Testosterone, your body possesses two major enzymatic conversion tools. 
There's a third one. I'll come to that, but two major ones. One is your body is able to enzymatically convert that testosterone via an aromatase enzyme into estrogen, which is an entirely separate leg of the family, but real. Mm -hmm. Also, your body possesses an enzyme produced in the liver called 5-alpha reductase. It does exactly that, and we'll talk about what these clever chemistry words mean when we're live, but 5 is a position on the molecule, alpha is a position on the molecule, and reductase means to reduce or shorten. So this complicated testosterone molecule shortened at the 5-alpha position, and now you have dihydrotestosterone. Mm. So testosterone, you have estrogen as a potential sibling, you have dihydrotestosterone, directly under testosterone, you have man-made alterations or derivatives, Dianabol, boldenone, trinabol. There's a number of others, but those are the major players that people are familiar with. By the way, all varieties, which aren't really varieties, of testosterone, you whether it's enanthate, cypionate, propionate, phenylpropionate, undecoinate, whatever. If it says testosterone, it goes in that middle column. So you've got testosterone. It's direct, although man-made siblings. You've got DHT. And then from DHT, we can get into man-made siblings and clever organic chemists took DHT and made Primabol and Mastron, Anivar, Winstrol, gobs of others. Uh, That's really the most inflated column. I'll come back to what that means to their chemistry, but just know that DHT is the the parent of that family. Testosterone is the parent of the center column. And then over on the right, there's a third column. By the way, I mentioned that estrogen is actually a fourth column. So it's further, further to the right. But (laughs) just focusing on the androgen or male side, you've got another column called 19-nor testosterone, which does in fact exist in nature, although in very, very small amounts in everyone except pregnant women. That's the place where it shows up the largest. But the short answer is testosterone has a mild susceptibility to something called um, hydrolysis, which is a clever chemistry word for it dissolves in water. A small amount of a specific bond, in this case, the 19 position, will dissolve in water, allowing testosterone to spontaneously convert to 19 nor testosterone. That parent then clever chemists got a hold of and tweaked, twisted, and pulled on, and you wind up with nandrolone, NPP, trenbolone, ment, a number of others. So the whole 19-nor or nandrolone family is a progenated from that 19-nor. So again, testosterone, DHT, 19-nor, and direct testosterone relations. The reason I chose to break it up in this family tree-like scenario is – in my mind, because it's very logical, like a family tree, if the patriarch is very tall, very short, mm. you know, fucking albino, a redhead, whatever, most of the siblings will be to some degree. And that's what we have here. Everything in those columns are not identical, but they share family resemblance. When you go to the 19 nor family, all of those compounds are going to have the base characteristics of the root molecule. They're very big, voluminous, very potent per unit milligram, a lot of water retention. They all are going to present very similar behaviors. Move to the middle column or the testosterone column. They're all going to have 
testosterone-like or testosterone, say, accentuated behavior. They're all going to have strong influences on red blood cell count, on potentially blood pressure, energy systems. They're anabolic, but not wildly so. It's a very uh, broad spectrum or middle of the of the chart mm-hmm. kind of behaviors. Move over to the DHT column. Now you've got some interesting behaviors. Now you're weeding out a lot of that other stuff. And now you've just got uh, targeted action, mostly on contractile muscle. So they tend to seem a bit less um, voltage only because the behavior is targeted. You don't get a puffy face. You don't get water retention. You don't get all you get is muscle growth. So now they're very specific. Interesting. Because of that, we now have this three-tiered behavior. So depending on what results do you want, do you want volume and size? That's that far right column. Do you want broad spectrum energy system driven behaviors? Like say athletics, shop at middle column. Are you near the top of a weight class where you can't afford to accrue any additional body weight? Now you're going to shop in that far left column. And so it gets this situation where because we know what they're related to, we roughly know what they're going to do. And then we can start to put them in, you know, in order of, I want these characteristics. I look in this family. I want these characteristics. I look in this family and so on and so on. And so it starts to arrange our shopping list in, 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 in kind of a, a families or associated characteristics. And it makes designing our protocols much easier because we just have to identify what do we want? What do we want to do? And then we say, Oh, what column is that? Now we know where to shop. Then it's just an order of, is it oral? Is it injectable? Is it this? Is it that? What do I have access to? Yeah. You know, where do I live geographically in a world where certain compounds are or are not available? But it narrows down our shopping. So we're just not going, Oh fuck, I need a drug. What is it? I can get much more focused. Brilliant. Who would have thought method to the madness? All right. Well, let's, uh, he could go on and on and on, which he will Mm -hmm. at the live stream. So where are we going to go from there? So we paint a picture. So we paint that picture and you've done a great job with that broads. And now the listener out there might be a power lifter or they might Mm -hmm. be a bodybuilder Mm -hmm. and they're already thinking about what kind of column they might Mm -hmm. be shopping Mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to do. So we've got some very specific case studies with bodybuilding and powerlifting, yep. and we'll be then applying the shopping system mm. over mm. a periodized period of time to, to bring us to a certain point. Yeah, I think long-term and, and going all the way in, Tommy, to, and Brods, I think you'll like this, all the way into like peaking for the event. Like, okay, bodybuilder, okay, it's going to be water manipulation, all that type of stuff. Yep. Okay, strength and power athlete, they might not be too fussed about, well, maybe they are making weight, but they want to be strong AF mm-hmm. on the day. What do we use there, and all the uh, the lovely uh, compounds and things to explore yep. to get from A to B. Exactly. And of course, broads. Um, I think really, really relevant blood work and mm. pathology work. When to do it, what to look for, what things are going to move, what things do you want to see move? It's it's a positive when you see the right. move. Validation that we're actually using the right compounds. We're going to cover all right. that There's, stuff too. Yep. Yeah. That that's and that's something actually we talked about briefly is. We were talking about, uh, I think, in the context of blood sugar movement, mm. but a lot of these markers are, you know, medically maybe negative, but in a lot of cases, they're actually going to be positive to us because we're pulling on that lever. We want to see mm. a certain result. So we're going to talk about what, you know, medical and ethical norms are. Then we're going to talk about what are we doing? What do we expect that to do? 
And then where do we look for that validation? And yeah. then what to do if we're not seeing that validation? Yeah. So we're taking a drug that we expect to raise our blood sugar and we're not seeing a raise in blood sugar. Does that mean we need to be suspicious of the drug or suspicious of our methods or our diet or something? So we can start to take actions, take measurements, and then reflect on the yeah. efficacy of those actions and methods. Absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's really, for our listeners, a little bit of a snippet. We discussed this prior to going to air, and this is fresh, fresh, fresh. So mm. if you've listened to Brods' stuff before, this is new. This is brand new. This was a conversation we had yesterday, Brods, where, and it was interesting, Tommy, because I actually had an athlete I'm, I'm working with. He's pushing his body weight up, and he was actually complaining about being very lethargic, out of breath, just feeling really uncomfortable at the inflated body weight. And he's off-season, and um, Brods, this is a conversation that we had, and we actually paused at the start of our mentor session yesterday, Tommy, and and uh, Brods is like, "Yeah, I've got a you know, I'd be in my bonnet. I've, I've started looking down this uh, uh, route of of pharmaceuticals off a label uses of pharmaceuticals, and it's purely to allow the side effects of 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 said existence to achieve that end goal. How to make it more tolerable for the mm. individual so they can actually breathe and get upstairs and and function and and address blood pressure and all sorts of things. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating and if there's one person that would explore that and you were just dotting eyes broads i think and crossing t's with interactions with other drugs and seeing the the, like the design of the drug and and see if it will be valid and that's fresh 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 if you tune into the live stream you're going to get all this latest and that should be another couple of weeks you'll be on top of that i'm sure broads with a few concepts so we'll be covering that as well reading reading a couple hours ago i was reading on that uh, a a drug that's used in surgery called trental which i'm very interested in trying to bring into the fold to uh, improve blood flow and uh, reduce issues with uh, phlebotomy, blood clots, that sort of thing. So yeah, there's loads hiding in there. Unfortunately, we're at that point now where people are getting so fucking big and strong Mm. that they're a danger to themselves. And we need to start creating stop gaps for that. Yeah. And, and, and you're the first to, I think you will probably start the seminar with what we're talking about is not designed to give you a long, uh, healthy life long term. This is purely how do we get the maximal yes. performance, you know, as quick as we can. And, and it's all about strength, power, performance and pushing the extremities. So we'll preface it with that type of uh, and it's really Absolutely. fascinating just to see what is out there and what the body is capable of and, and mm. what they're doing at the, the higher level of, um, I guess, sport. Absolutely fascinating. Tommy, I think this is a question best targeted at you. Do we, have we officially honed down exactly what case studies we're going to present? Uh, what individuals we've we've identified as our, our subject matter? Look, we're, we're very close to it. There's a poll out there that is still being ticked off. Mm-hmm. You know, once we're happy with uh, the the numbers that we've yep. got with our case studies, we'll we'll design them around that. Yeah, look, we're thinking a power, because there's been a lot of powerlifters, some sort of powerlifting, male or female, maybe the female will throw in there, some sort of bodybuilding, again, uh, male, female, and then I think, Tommy, some sort of uh, sport. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I think um, as we get closer to it, we'll really hone that down, and due to the nature yeah. of the live stream and, and how it needs to be broadcast it'll be laid out beforehand you, you'll get your slides and we'll yep. and we'll just methodically go through it and it'll be and covered be, from where to go and for those yep. that do want to come along there will be actually a Q&A there uh, on the day as well so they can be part of actually the event so yeah. that's pretty awesome pretty exciting All we've right. got to wrap it up Rods uh, we're getting the wind up from the people here in the, uh, the, powers that the be. Eagle Wave studio 
thank you very much for your time today. We're excited about what we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. Events.teamevilgsp.com. That's got the full rundown of Tasmania, yep. Melbourne, Sydney, and the live stream or in audience yep. options in there. Person, yep. Events.teamevilgsp.com for that. Uh, Brods, yeah. a pleasure Thanks to so have much, you. Man. We'll be talking quite a lot over the coming weeks and getting this really nailed down. Rawdon, well done to you. Thanks, Tommy. Cam, Cam thanks well very done. much. Some of your best work. We're out of here. Bye. Four, three, two, one, two, ignition, liftoff.